Merch alert! You asked and we delivered. The Royals of Malibu now has merch. We've got so much to choose from, like Team Easton or Team Reed or Team Isaac hoodies and hats. Some fun items like Do Not Dim My Sparkle t-shirts or Ugly Hot hoodies. Plus, plenty of accessories too, like our Trom mugs, AirPod cases, tote bags, stickers, and more. We'll be sharing new drops, sales, and much more on our socials at the Royals of Malibu, so be sure to follow along. That's at the Royals of Malibu. Check out the merch website at emeraldaudio.myshopify.com. That's emeraldaudio.myshopify.com. Emerald Audio is now an imprint of Diversion Audio, focusing on female-led storytelling. Hey, I'm Chris Caffaro. And I'm Nick Caffaro. We are real-life brothers who play fake-life brothers Reed and Easton Royal on the hit podcast, The Royals of Malibu. On this companion podcast, we'll be doing a deep dive into each episode, giving behind-the-scenes insights, talking to some special guests, and maybe even having some laughs along the way. Welcome to The Royal Boys. Hey, Chris. Hey, what's up, man? How are you? I'm great right now. I'm feeling really, really good. Episode 5. Episode 5. Feeling good about that? I'm feeling good about that. I'm feeling good about the fact that the SAG after strike is officially over at the time of recording, which is so exciting. The longest strike in our union's history. We can now get back to auditioning and uh, working and filming, and I'm just so, so happy and yeah. proud, proud to be a member of a very strong union. Yeah. So happy it's over. Congratulations to all the actors out there for standing strong and getting a fair deal. And let's uh, let's make let's make stuff again. Yeah. Hey, do you feel good about the fact that the Royals of Malibu was named one of Audible's podcasts of the year? I can't believe it. It's so cool. Yeah, we woke up to that news. I didn't even know it was a consideration. I found out on Instagram that we were named uh, best of twenty twenty three. I mean, what an honor. There's so many podcasts so out many. there. And I didn't realize any of them were on Audible. And I didn't realize any of them were good. Ours is? I know. No, the Royals of Malibu is so good. And uh, it is thanks to the hard work by so many teams and wonderful people. The people at Diversion Audio, uh, the writers, the directors, um, the sound engineers, the actors. I mean, it really takes a whole village to make this thing come to life. And I'm very proud to play just a small part in that. Yeah. And thank you, of course, to the listeners who allow us to do this. Yeah. Keep listening, keep sharing, keep telling your friends. And hopefully this means they'll give us a season three. I hope so. Because there's so much left to be discovered. Yeah, and there's a lot left to discuss. Speaking of discussing, you want to get into this new episode? We have a great guest. I think we should get right into it because we've got a really special guest and we shouldn't keep her waiting any longer. In fact, she was so special that we had to split this episode into two parts. Yes, because we couldn't get enough of her and we wouldn't shut up. So we had to divide it into two parts. We hope you enjoy both of them. Here you go. All right, Nick, that's enough with the intro. We need to get right to it because we have a very, very special guest. 
very special to me personally. Oh, yes. Uh, I can't believe she decided to sit down with a couple <laughs> of losers like us. She, you might know her as Savannah on the Royals of Malibu. My fictional girlfriend. Nick's fictional girlfriend. A TikTok internet superstar star sensation. Please welcome to the podcast, Hannah Montoya. Woo, 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 woo. That was the best introduction I've ever had. Ever. Wow. Yeah. Really? I don't really have many introductions. I guess like college icebreakers is probably the best I've had. What's your go-to icebreaker? When people are like, oh, tell us your name, where you're from, and a little bit about yourself. Oh, I hate that. I It's normally um that my name is two letters off from Hannah Montana. That gets the crowd going. I'll tell you. That's right. <laughs> Because you got the best of both worlds. Oh, that's not how it goes. But. I like Little Remix. Do we have the rights to that song? We do now. I live my life in a certain way that I can always have an icebreaker because they make me so anxious. And at one point, I realized I've never had Taco Bell. And so at this point, I'm blank years old. I'm like, it's not even worth it. I might as well just keep that fun fact so that whenever I'm in an icebreaker situation, like a new class or a first day of whatever, they could be like, go around and say your name. And I'd just be like, hi, I'm Nick, and I've never had Taco Bell. And then everyone boos me and says, we wish the Hannah Montana girl was here. <laughs> they Malibu you. Malibu. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait, Hannah, where are you? Uh, where are you zooming in from? Yeah, so I am zooming in from the Appalachian Mountains of North Carolina. Um, we do have a Taco Bell, but we do not have a Target. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. I am near nothing, but I kind of love it. And you went to school there, right? You went to school at Appalachian yes. State? Yep. Roll nears. Just graduated? Yes, sir. Congratulations. Welcome to the real world. I know. It's terrible. You live in North Carolina. I do. But we, we recorded in Los Angeles for this season of The Royals. So how long were you in Los Angeles? Um, I was there for two weeks, just for that week of recording. And then we had an internship a little bit before, but that was my second time ever going to California. Wow, how'd you like it? Yeah, what do you think? People are so fashionable there. Like, it is crazy. I like, I'm so used to people like, you wear pajamas going to like the store or something. Cause you're like, I just gotta grab something. But in LA, it was like, I'm sorry, like this is what you really look like all the time. It is a whole nother world. Clearly, you didn't spend much time with Chris. (laughs) Yes. Well, listen, here's what I do. I wear hats that are very East Coast, New York centric, like the one, the Queen's hat I'm wearing right now, Mm. uh, because then it excuses everything below it. So I can wear like dumpy athleisure and stinky t-shirts and stuff. And they're going to be like, who is this man? And it's like, oh, he's from New York. See, that's where you're wrong. Nothing excuses your dumpiness. Because <laughs> didn't you just move to? It was a year ago, about a year ago. Yeah. Nice, nice. So Hannah, you were out here for two weeks. Were you here with Alyssa McKay yes. the whole time? Yeah, we became practically roommates for two weeks. It was crazy. We had bunk beds. Really? Yeah. <laughs> we like, that's crazy. What to hotel me? has bunk beds? We were actually staying in a dorm for our internship for a little bit there. So it was like, I had just graduated, like a few weeks prior to this that I was already cosplaying as a freshman again. Um, but it was it was bad. We walked into the room and immediately I was like, you have to get on the top bunk. Like, I will kill you if this thing goes down. She's five feet tall. <laughs> we have to protect her at all costs. Now, were, were you guys friends prior to the podcast? We were mutuals on TikTok for a while. And so, like, we had never met in person or anything. And then ended up having the same like management 
team and then mm. um met through them and like we clicked like instantly in person that's so great i remember that I, we, were, we were witness to that didn't you guys like go out and buy friendship bracelets and <laughs> yes. you guys had yourself a time <laughs> we did it was also so funny too because like having that crazy dichotomy of just like being able to like click immediately like hang out talk shit xyz and then like screaming at her in the booth like right after was like good lord <laughs> Hannah, I have been begging Nick to get friendship bracelets with me for 20 plus years, and he refuses. Oh. Hannah, how did you get involved with the Royals of Malibu? Well, that was actually more of just, um, like, my manager letting me know, like, there's, you know, an opening. Let's submit you an audition and see how it goes. And I actually, I mean, Alyssa's amazing, and I got so much help from her and guidance on kind of how to take the Savannah role and like do it kind of my way while also like paying homage obviously to season one because I just kind of hopped in here um but then that yeah we started off with recording and doing like my own thing and then getting a call back and then doing it on the like video call but Alyssa kind of ran me through the first one I facetimed her and she would read Ella's lines which made it really easy to picture Ella's character I don't know what it was but her voice sounds very similar to Ella Sinclair um, but huh. it was, yeah, strange. She's really good at impressions, but it was, it was so <laughs> helpful. Cause then I'd run through a scene and Alyssa would be like, do it again. No, like not, that's not what we want. And then doing it like one more time with Alyssa's advice and everything. She was not that mean about it, obviously, but yeah, it was, it was super, was super like, helpful. <laughs> bad again, again. Yeah. Like, oh, anything. I will say, listening to the season, you did such a great job, and you had a very difficult task, which is coming in to a character that's pre-established, taking the reins, um, and jumping into, you know, a cast that had all worked together for the most part. Um, it's a, that's a really difficult thing to do, and you did it with flying colors, and you did such a great job. Oh my God, thank you. You're amazing. You were my little Savannah banana. <laughs> Don't call me that. <laughs> I know she hates it. Would you hate that? Would you hate that in real life? I get called Hannah Banana all the time. So I'm like already used to that. And I was little and I was like, I hated bananas. Like, and my dad thinks it's because yeah. my name kind of sounds like banana. And I just didn't mm -hmm. want it to take the spotlight, I guess. But I was very used to telling people not to call me that. They call me Syphilis Nicholas. Oh, that's even better. Saint Nick? Yeah, I don't get Saint Nick. Saint Nick and Chris Kringle. Oh my god. No. Collab of the, the century. Christmas boys. And our sister's name is Santa Claus. Oh so <laughs> maybe our parents. <laughs> Hannah, for our listeners who know who you are, you have so many great videos on social media, TikTok, Instagram. You're really, really funny uh, with your comedy videos. Do you have formal acting training is this something you is this your first acting like professional acting gig tell us about that um so i grew up doing theater a lot like in my community theater and then at school and then after graduating i stayed in chicago for two summers and did classes through second city um which is kind of the most like professional help that i've gotten on anything and it was so much fun and it's something i still like think about going back to chicago and doing more and more classes there um but it was totally my first professional like gig that i'd ever done so i was extremely nervous but i mean y'all are the best anyway so it ended up being so much fun and i'm like Phew. 
this is incredible. <laughs> that's, well, first of all, that's so sweet, but also that's so funny because I didn't know that you took classes at Second City. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Second City is a huge comedy theater in Chicago. Uh, the likes of Tina Fey, Amy, did Amy Poehler come out of there? Mm-hmm. A lot of SNL alumni came John from Candy, Second Martin City. John Candy, Martin Short, Dan Aykroyd. Steve Carell, Steve Colbert. Yeah, Chris and I also are involved with comedy theaters. Chris with UCB, me with Groundlings. They're all kind of in the similar areas. And when I watch your videos, they are transcendent beyond just like TikTok comedy. They are like, I could tell that you have taken classes there. Because uh, you have like really like nice developed characters, and you actually made me laugh out loud. I I think it was your probably your latest video. There was one you played a character of like the office lady that overshares too much when you ask her how she's doing. Oh, yeah, and just yeah. At the end, you're just like, I wish you just said good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, and you're on top of that. I posted that t- like a few hours ago. But Hannah, one thing that I really like about your videos is you have uh, like a self awareness. Uh, and you're not as afraid to make fun of yourself and your generation and your peers. Is that like a conscious decision or is it just something that like that's just your brand of humor? Well, thank you. I I feel like I kind of grew up with like the self-deprecating humor, which I feel like at some points is good and bad. Um, but now it's definitely gotten to the point where like I'm kind of like going through day to day. And if something's weird and off-putting, I'm like, instead of getting upset, it's like, I'm going to... I'm going to make fun of that later. Like, that was a great opportunity. <laughs> How often are you making videos? Um, I do actually, you, like, make them the day you post them, or do you, like, stockpile? How does it work? Um, I try to do three videos filming a day and then posting those ones all on, yeah, <laughs> on YouTube. And then, um, yeah, I'll if I end up having more ideas than that, then I'll stockpile and just get a little storage unit going and then have to edit them when I feel like not doing anything. I like to have a lot in the back wow. burner, though. But yeah, that's amazing. Thanks. What? So you have like, you have a ton of followers. What was like the tipping point? Would you say like, is there a moment or a video or like a thing that you can point to that like, oh, this is where I started picking up steam? Actually, yeah, I <laughs> like I started my TikTok while I was in college. I was my freshman year. Um, I posted a video just kind of like as a joke, um, making fun of, like, your aunt from New Jersey. And that's, like, your single aunt. Like, crazy, crazy girly pop. Um, and I just wanted to do it because I'd been practicing an act, like, the Jersey, New York, heavy accent, like, Fran Drescher type. Um, and I'd been practicing that. Can we get a taste? Can we get a taste? Oh, yeah. Hi, gorgeous. How are you? <laughs> uh, I know her. I know her. <laughs> We're Italians from the Northeast. We we live with that every day. You felt it. You felt it. Yeah. I instantly got hungry. <laughs> That's so funny. But I'd been um practicing that accent for a while, and I was just like, I don't know. I thought it'd be funny to do a video making fun of, like, so it was my freshman year. I wore a, you know, Beetlejuice costume, but the way that freshmen do it. So it's like, I don't really look like Beetlejuice that much. <laughs> it's just like... Beetlejuice would be more less clothes. Um, and so I had one of my family members kind of poke fun at that. And I was like, oh, well, I liked my costume. Like, okay. And then I took that situation, threw on the Jersey accent and was like, let's do like a POV because that would 
is what people would title their videos. And I like just went to bed, woke up the next morning and it had like 100,000 views or something. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh my God, like what is that? And then the comments were like, bring the Jersey aunt to Thanksgiving and do this with her. And I was like, okay, like <laughs> we'll see what, how she'll act here and whatever. So that's kind of just Stop telling me what to do. <laughs> like back off. And then I quit. <laughs> that's, that's the story. I quit comedy. Yeah, like, you heard it here, folks. Hannah Montoya has officially <laughs> quit social media. All of her followers are now transferred to us. Yeah. The Royal Boys, where careers go to die. <laughs> I refuse to laugh again. Done. <laughs> uh, well, good for you. Congrats to you. I, I you. as you know, a fellow actor and comedian, I always really admire... Uh, watching self-made success and people who put in the work. I mean, three videos a day. Folks, for those of you who don't know, that's a full-time job. Uh, Hannah works Espe her butt off. Especially and the kinds that Hannah does, because there's a lot of quick edits in your videos. You go from character to character. Also, by the way, you have a great hat collection. Oh my God, thank you. I love a good ball cap. You have a, you have a great collection. But a lot of them, like, you'll put one on, you'll, you'll like do your character then you'll snap so hannah enough about you ask about us now like oh, what yeah. do you like about us so what is your guys's deepest darkest secret <laughs> i killed a man in 1998 okay there he Which is, is crazy he because he was five years old <laughs>
at this moment when Easton kind of lets us slip, he he says that Ella is in her uh, college application era. That's how they get on the topic of college. Um, mm-hmm. And that brought back some nightmare sweats for me. College application eras are tough. Hannah, <sighs> how was that before you uh, got into apple? Appalachian State. Is that where you wanted to go? Appalachian Application State? Appalachian. Appalachian, Nick. You got it. You got it. We have t-shirts that say that. The pronunciation is in itself a hot take. All right. Well, send me a t-shirt and I'll start to say it right. But until then, Application State. (laughs) How was that? How How was your application era? Terrible. Lots of uh, lots of colleges I didn't get into. Um, I actually transferred to Appalachian just because I saw my friends having so much fun here, and I was like, "Oh man, Mountain School is calling my name." But um, where'd you transfer from? So UNCW. It's uh, just in North Carolina, Wilmington. So it was on the beach. Got to get beach and mountains, which is pretty cool. But both schools. Wow. Honestly, I love both schools. I was like, this one has a football team though, so I went to the one with the football team. <laughs> That's you. fun. Do you, yeah. So, you know, in, in the Royals, obviously, Savannah, your character, is top of her class, has an amazing resume, president of the Honor Society. How close or far away is that from Hannah Montoya? I actually, I was vice president of the Honor Society at my school. So, wow. Yeah, she's, a, she's just a little bit better than me. Um, but I. I literally, I couldn't understand. There's so It's so cool, the balance that both Easton and Savannah have in the show. Because they seem like genuinely like just fun people. And then they're just geniuses. I don't understand how people can have that work-life balance. I need advice. Adderall. Oh, I'm writing it down. <laughs> is that from... No, 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 do, do not write it down. Do not write it down. <laughs> we do not condone the use of Adderall unless it is prescribed by a medical professional. That's right. Celsius counts, I feel sometimes. I feel like Celsius in my veins. Do you drink, is it like, more? Is because I've never had Celsius, is it more potent than a, like a coffee or a latte or something like that? Oh my God, yes. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be legal. It's like insane. It shouldn't be legal, and I mean that in a good way. Like it works way <laughs> too good. <laughs> also, like when you're just holding the can, your hotness level automatically goes up that's why i started drinking it i was like what am what am i missing like i need a little i started just duct taping celsius cans to my body just walk around they call me the tin man edward 40 hands have you ever done edward 40 hands do you know what that is i have what is that edward 40 hands is it's like a college thing where you get two like 40s you know what a 40 is right like yeah the at the liquor store and you duct what is it leaders and what it's 40 what Ounces, 40 ounces. 40 ounces of, of malt like, liquor. Malt liquor. You tape them to your hands and you can't untape them until they're finished. It's very irresponsible and absolutely disgusting. <laughs> I would not recommend it. That was a good segue because no. I was going to say that like Celsius kind of feels like a four loco. Like, mm. it's like, is this legal? Am I allowed to be doing this? And for some reason you are. I got to try one. A Celsius or a four loco? <laughs> I'm going to mix them together. <laughs> Just go fucking crazy, man. Hey, speaking of crazy, Brooke and Dinah show up at the Royal House. Oh, Hannah, I don't know. You know, we don't have a lot of episodes out yet, so you haven't listened to it, but I make terrible transitions. Oh, really? I listened to the first one, and I loved it. Oh, thanks. Compliments to the chefs. (laughs) Oh, that's very very sweet. We can't cook. But 
Brooke and Dinah are at the Royal House. That is a big development as well, because obviously Dinah is the enemy uh, trying to steal all the money away from Ella. And why is she with Brooke? And why is Brooke helping her? She says, I have a big stuff for your legal team. We don't really have to talk about it, but just know that's a big, that's a big thing. Some breadcrumbs they're dropping. Little uh, Easter eggs are uh, foreshadowing. But we can't talk yeah. about it because the people listening to this might not know what's happening next. Like our parents. Dun, dun, dun. But even more important, Savannah, Hannah, Banana has a yoga class. You're a yoga instructor. Do you do, you do yoga? No, I wish. Um, I've gone to like 10. You wish? I wish. That's your wish? It, I, you don't have to wish. You can just do it. <laughs> you can just do it. Just it's like that's like saying I wish I could have a glass of water. Like just go get a glass of water. Yeah. God, I wish I had the energy to do yoga. It's fun to pretend. I was like, man, I sound cool if I pretend that I do yoga. Are you guys? Are you guys big yoga people? I do yoga once a week. Is that in LA? Like, do you have to do it if you move to LA? You don't. But my legs are so ridiculously tight that I'm convinced i'm gonna tear an achilles by just like stepping into the world but wait hannah so you've never done yoga but you do such a great job acting like a yoga instructor how where how did you know how to do it where was your inspiration well (laughs) so i uh i had to take a gym class as one of my like whatever it is when you go to college like you have to take one physical class and mine was yoga but it was when covid hit so it was like I never had to go to a physical class. It was just these like little recordings and you didn't have to like zoom in or anything because it was still like the beginning of COVID. Um, and it would be like, how did this exercise make you feel? And I just had to type about it. And I was like, stretched. Like it was good. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my... Loose. <laughs> yeah. I don't... Muscly? That one? <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, that's my extent of yoga knowledge. <laughs> Oh, that's so fun. Well, you fooled me because you were great in it. And it's also funny to like hear you get mad at people in your Zen voice. <laughs> because Val is like talking to Ella about wanting to get back with Tam. And you're like, can everyone just shut the fuck up? <laughs> I love it too because Val's lying about like, she's like, why wouldn't Easton be here? Like there's all the MILFs in Malibu are taking this yoga class. Yeah, that's like the opposite of my actual doing. Like, I'm like, I'll stay away because I do not look good when I'm working out. Even with the MILFs in consideration? Yeah, I'm scared. (laughs) I do this sketch uh, character with my comedy group where I'm like this eccentric yoga instructor. And the rest of the comedy team is just lying motionless on the stage for like five minutes. And I'm like yelling at them for not doing enough. And they don't move the entire time. And I'm like wow, that's really great. Well, great movement. And then they, but they never move. And then at the very end, a guy comes in and is like, hey, Chris, the families are here to identify the bodies. And, and then it blacks out. So I've just, been, <laughs> so the whole time I was just doing uh, yoga with dead bodies. Oh my God. That is incredible. Hey, guys, so I did something. What'd you do, Nick? Um, One of my favorite parts of this episode is Ella and Easton are on the beach, and she's talking to him about moon phases, and he's not into it because he's like, I already had to learn all this astrology stuff. Why do I need to know about moon phases? 
And she says, it's a trend if you look up your moon phase from the day that you were born, and then for the person that you like, if they are compatible, it means that you're soulmates. It's some of that foo-foo stuff that I don't really know about, but I went ahead and looked up all of our moon phases. No. Based on our birthdays, yes. Oh so my goodness. So I'm happy to report, Chris, congratulations. You are a waxing gibbous moon. Oh. Well, that's so funny because I... I wax my moon regularly. <laughs> that is Malibu. <laughs> and so here's what this means. This means people born under your moon are purposeful and passionate. Their work needs to be meaningful to them, and they tend to be excellent and hard workers. Oh. They have unconventional methods, but they'll get the job done, whatever it may be. Which is so weird, because I think you are a lazy piece of shit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, well, that I humbly accept that moon. Great. Well, here's my moon. My moon is a new moon. Thank you. Thank you. Hold your applause. People born during the new moon are spontaneous self-starters who like to follow their impulses, asking for forgiveness rather than permission. They're adventurous and spirited, if not a bit naive. They need to watch out for Peter Pan syndrome. The only thing I think in that that applies to me is naive. <laughs> I am so anxious and process-oriented. Nothing about this new moon sounds like me. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't use impulsive to describe you. You're very uh, no. pragmatic and uh, reserved when it comes to decision-making. Yeah, I had to buy a wig for a sketch show this weekend, and I have been on Amazon for two hours deciding whether or not to buy one wig that is $10. Oh Just pull the trigger, dude. I'll give you the $10. My moon and Chris's moon are not compatible. That tracks. <laughs> so here, here's your moon. Your first quarter waxing moon... Congratulations. And this is people born under a first quarter moon are the change makers and influencers of the world. <laughs> yep. What? They're always looking for ways to make things better than before and are intelligent and intuitive. They work well under pressure, but may struggle with long-term planning. Hannah, <laughs> this is you. This, is, this one's true. You are a first quarter waxing moon. That's some crazy stuff right there. How crazy is that? Crazy. What do you think? What do you think? It literally says influencer. <laughs> you know how many people are buying Celsius right now? They better be. Because they better be. That's insane. And I, feel, I like that last part. They kind of compliment sandwich that description. Like they're like, they're good at this, but really bad at long lasting things anyway. <laughs> do you think that's true? Do, do you find that to be true? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of commitment problems. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think. Um, no, hey, listen. Yeah, that was just that was crazy. I don't think I make anything better. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> nothing. You don't make anything better. You make life better. You make people laugh every day. That's that's making things better. You have made this podcast infinitely <laughs> times better. And that, honestly, that doesn't say a lot, but <laughs> Oh my god. That's crazy though. I want to learn everything now. You just got me into astrology. Good. I just I just ruined your week. <laughs> I, I was going to ask you that, Hannah. Do you uh su subscribe uh to any sort of astrological or moon or energy reading stuff? Not really. Um but I like when I see people like if they're like, "Oh, let me do a tarot reading for you." I'm like, "Yeah." 
Like, let me know. Mm-hmm. I like being um, an observer and when other people know everything. I'm, I've never gotten into astrology. I, I am a Scorpio, and people, when they describe what a Scorpio is, I'm like, yeah, I could see that. But what I do think is, like, shockingly accurate is birth order stuff and, like, sibling stuff. Like, because I'm a middle child, and everything I've ever heard about middle child, I'm like, oh, boy. That is me. And same, Nick. We have an older sister, and Nick is my younger brother. And, like, it's textbook. It really is. Yeah. I think a lot of my problems are, are stem from birth order. Hannah, do you have siblings? I do. I'm the oldest of three. How do you like that? I honestly, I like it a lot, but I think um, <laughs> one thing that is true everywhere is that, like, parents are stricter with the first, and then kind of, like, by the third, it's like, eh. Like, you can do what you want. So I, I feel like I had a totally different childhood than, like, my brother. What's the age difference? So my sister's just a year younger than me, and my little brother is four years younger. Oh, wow. So have they, I see you have a lot of videos that are related to siblings. Are, are those based on real life? For or? the most part, yeah. The one thing, though, I, I think with our family, I don't know, I, this might be a personal middle child question. How do you feel you felt, like in your family involvement? Did you feel like left behind at all with the middle child syndrome that people talk about? Is that real? It is real, but the thing is like, I never felt it in the moment. Like it always, and it's not so much left behind, but it's sort of like you are, you're caught in between, you know, you're the middle child. The reason a lot of middle children are actors is because they have to fight for attention because the oldest is the oldest and the youngest is the baby. And so they're fighting for attention. And now we have to live with the consequences of him being an obnoxious asshole. Yes. (laughs) And now I'm so desperate for it that I started a podcast with my idiot younger brother. Hey, that's me. But you know what? You call me an idiot and I defend you all the time. Just like Easton defends Reed in this episode. There's a Nikki transition if ever I heard one. Good work, Nick. Yeah. There's a lot of this episode is Easton defending Reed to Ella and saying he didn't do anything. She still doesn't want to hear it. She's like, why are you defending him? He's like, because I don't want you to leave again. I don't want you to leave again. And if you know the truth, you might leave again. Ba ba ba. I get emotional. Wait whatever. a second. Let's, okay. Nick's brushing over it, this scene with him and Ella, but this is some of Nick's best work in the series, in my opinion. Oh, wow. Thank you. I think it's very, it's great dropped in acting. He gets very emotional. Um, and keep going. You know, Easton is tough. Easton deflects with humor. He, he like tries to let things roll off his back. And then this is the one time where he really sort of opens up and it's like, Ella, I don't want you to leave again, as he did in some of the earlier episodes this season. And it's a really great moment, Nick. And uh, you should be proud of it. Oh, that's very sweet of you. Thank you so much. It is incredible. Thank you. Well, it was it, it was fun. This episode was a lot of fun, I'll say. Um, and then we'll get back to other people because I like the relationship that I have with Ella, Easton and Ella have. It it becomes very, they're just like really sweet to each other. They look out for each other, and I, I appreciate that. But um, you know, Easton's also kind of in the middle of this uh, back and forth between her and Reed, and um, it's tough on him because he loves both of them. I think the writers do a really good job and our our fans sort of pick up on it. They give just enough to leave the door open that maybe someday, someday, somewhere down the road, Easton and Ella could be a thing or maybe in a different life. 
And I think, you know, we, I, Hannah, I don't know if you've seen, but like on the feed or on, on socials, people are like, I'm team Easton, uh, not even team Isaac or team Reed, team yeah. Easton. Uh, oh, yeah. so Hannah question. I mean, obviously you date Easton on the show. I want you to answer it from your perspective as Hannah Montoya. Who would you prefer Easton or Reed? Mm, that's a really good question. Like, I feel like it has, you. I don't know, maybe like a better version of Zach and Cody going on here. Like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> I feel like Reed is like, what? What's that? Like, Reed is like. Dude, old man alarm. You don't Cody? know what Zach and Cody is? The sweet life of? You're so fucking old. Okay, sweet life. Okay, sorry. <laughs> but it's like, I don't know, the older, like, Reed is probably what you would need to have. But when you're a teenager, then you would want to have Easton. You know what I'm saying? Like you'd mm, grow up with an Easton, have a terrible breakup, not biased, right? But then you end up with a Reed and you're like, all right, that's good. But the Easton time was fun, you know? So if you, for, if you were giving advice to Ella, who would you say between Easton, Reed, and Isaac? Who I would, would say, say all three. You're young. Wow. <laughs> now that... That's a spinoff. I think that's the uh, the fan fiction oh, yeah. uh, version of the Royals of Melvin. <laughs> Hannah, I need to go to you for advice. <laughs> Let's rope back in the Twilight sort oh, of thing, and then it. we'll just make a sequel out of it. That's fantastic. Are you guys biased? Do you have a preference? I mean, I, I don't have a preference. I, I think Isaac is clearly like the nicest guy. I think... I don't even think Easton has a shot. I do think Easton would probably be the best. I think Easton has problems right now, but I think when he's older, he'll like get sober and I think he'll be I think he has the best heart. Isaac is too boring for me. And Reed sucks. What? <laughs> Reed does not suck. Reed Reed is a little tortured and he he feels like he has to bear the weight of being a father figure to Easton and filling the void left by his dead mom and and also be the good son to his father. Like, Reed's a good man, but he's a kid. That's the problem. He's a kid trying to be an adult, and it's tough. But I do agree with Hannah's assessment. Like, Easton type for now, Reed type forever. Oh. That's it for part one of our interview with Hannah Montoya. Please keep listening for part two.